0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Great Game Hunters podcast. Where we go through the ins and outs of Kingdom Death Monster, uh, so delve into some heavy strategy, go into the lore, and talk about our personal experiences. But first up, who are we? As usual, I'm Matt, and I am joined here with Josh and Fen, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Hey, Matt. How's it going? <laughs> going good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not doing bad. I was just thinking, like, where's our where's our intro theme? All of these like other podcasts have like a little jingle that plays and.
0: I mean, Josh and I could sing something if you really wanted us to.
1: Um, that's not an intro theme. That's torture. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm glad we can agree on that at least. Yeah, uh, it's torture to you. we going to go to the KDM office and get everyone to sing a song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that is an intro theme. There we go. <laughs>
0: All right, so it's been a little bit since our last show. Uh, we left off about halfway through the Lion Knight, if I'm not mistaken. That hasn't been
2: released yet, so no one knows. Oh, okay. So the last episode was the Great Game Hunters Returns, and
0: then we disappeared yep. again for three months. And it's the Great Game Hunters Returns, parentheses, JK, smiley face. Um, but we are back now. We've allotted some extra time to get through a little bit of a backlog of episodes, and we wanted to start with uh, kind of a substantial... Uh, update from the Kingdom Death community. So we got the Black Friday update. So we're going to go through that, uh, delve a little bit into what some of the stuff means for both new players and advanced players, and the stuff that we're actually looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first, you know, chunk of the update talks about some goings on behind the scenes and some model sculpts from the Kingdom Death world. We're going to skip behind or skip in front of that actually, and go straight to the advanced Kingdom Death monster section. Yeah. Uh, so, again, we'll be doing this section by section. So, first up, Advanced Kingdom Death Monster. Uh, I worked on the core building blocks for AKDM for a long, long time. And I'm reading this in the lens of Adam. I did not personally do Advanced Kingdom Death no. Monster as much as I would like to have. Can you do That's that? a shame. Person- no, not at all. No. Okay.
2: Uh,
0: I kept it a total secret from everyone except Anna until I was finally ready to share since it's unveiling, we've been exploring exciting ways to bring new stories and continuity to your KDM campaigns, as well as new methods to make survivors feel like dynamic individuals with desires and depravities all their own. So, that little chunks very interesting there, desires and depravities for individuals. So it's less of a machine of survivors that you're throwing into the mill and more individually focused.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> Although interestingly, that's the I, I think it's individually focused in a different way because currently people are very individually focused anyhow when that's the weapon mastery right. problem. Yeah, so obviously that's, uh I think, uh, a hope to maybe make people in the settlement more dynamic and interesting as opposed to, hey, this is our hunt guys who are like four, eight, or 12 people, and everyone else is like, that's, why bother writing a name on the sheet? We're just going to
0: churn them away. The, the, the farmers
2: when, uh, DBK comes around.
1: The plebs, yeah. yeah.
0: That's unfortunately what we're seeing with our current campaign and our, uh, Twitch Place, our Twitch Place Kingdom Death campaign where we've got a series of, you know, three to four survivors that are actually good that we take out on the hunts and then everyone else is just a different hodgepodge of newborns and miscreants that, yeah. uh, yeah. are used for reroll fodder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, that's what New Survivor Fit has done, and as I was talking about just before we started, my own personal campaigns have reached a point where I've got a strategy, effectively I call it churning, which is where I pick between uh, 8 and 12 survivors who are my pool of hunters. One group is assigned exclusively to fighting nemesis monsters. Mm. Um, and obviously like sometimes they'll get badly injured and they have to drop out or they get, ro- you know, new ones get rotated in and out as, as stuff happens, weapon masteries are completed. But then I've got a, a whole batch of people who are just, it's just a number. It's just like, here is 30 survivors. Here's another 20 who've spent their rerolls, And I'm not joking. That's the kind of numbers I get to these days. That's on the low end. Um, and it's just a big pool of survival of the fittest rerolls. And people who are like the janitors, it's like, oh, this role could kill someone. So you, you have no rerolls left. You can roll on it. Oh, you've <laughs> died. Oh, that gives me an endeavor. You too. You have your rerolls. You can breed.
0: There you uh, go. I
1: don't, I don't even know your lineage. You may be horribly incestuous. It's quite <laughs> likely, considering that every kingdom death settlement doesn't really have enough people for genetic diversity. But, you know, we, we won't talk about that. So anyway, long story short, it, it's nice to maybe have something new like this you know
0: yeah i could definitely see the benefit from that uh so moving on i'm thrilled to say that we have shared gameplay moments that transcend what current kingdom death can offer changing the way longtime players and playtesters engage with the game my desire goal is to ensure that any extra fuss is worth it we ask that a lot when we are designing something is the fuss worth it what is this really adding While KDM has a lot of tracking between sessions, each isolated slice of the experience is quite streamlined, and that is very much on purpose. With advanced KDM, as I turn up the dial on depth of simulation, I have to ensure that it's worth it. So far, I'm pretty excited about what I've seen at the playtest table. So, added fuss, but with good reward. Yeah. what I'm hearing. Yep. All right, so... Uh, what are we showing off here, Josh? Uh, you can read the text. Um, here. When a core campaign reaches a critical milestone, a new strain of survivors is born out of the darkness. Uh, the new batch of survivors develop arc cells, supercharging their ability to learn. <laughs> <Midichlorians>. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, players may begin an advanced KDM campaign. Uh, an advanced settlement has two new decks the character and knowledge deck. The fighting art deck is removed from the previous, from the, ad- Advanced campaigns. Good thing, really. Uh, these new decks uniquely evolve based on the course of the campaign, adding and removing cards as survivors' fate changes. Uh, with the superior f- uh, faculties, survivors gain a broader outlook of, on their existence. When a survivor is named, draw a character card to determine their starting philosophy. Philosophies will guide how survivors interpret their experiences and what they can make of them. When a survivor gains a fighting art from their philosophy, it is added to the settlement's knowledge deck, allowing other survivors to benefit from the discoveries. So, fighting arts, now part of the knowledge deck, can advance their benefits for the whole... Uh, can advance their benefits for the whole settlement, evolving as survivors use them. Uh, mm-hmm. Some disorders even make using them compulsory. So, one of the examples here is Meat Shield. So, it's is a little small text, I gotta... Go in here. So, oh, nowhere to go.
1: It's just there.
0: There we go. Uh, before resolving damage from a monster, uh, move an attack. A monster's move and attack action. You may switch places with the survivor that is within reach of one of your melee weapons. Instead, they suffer all of the damage. You may perform this even if you are doomed. You must perform this if you're selfish. So, if you have the sh- selfish disorder. Yep. Uh, yep. A switch survivor cannot perform this. So you can't keep swapping back and forth. Uh, and that is gain plus one of these little boxes if the switch survivor dies from this. And when you get uh, five of these little boxes, so when you kill five people doing this, yep. uh, add horrible clarity to the knowledge deck. So you get benefits from that one for killing <clears throat> off meat shields.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before we go into selfish, it's probably worth talking about this. Hey, uh, first of all, I don't know if you noticed in the top right corner it's got a three slash endeavor symbol so right obviously that has some kind of relevance and this is a not just a fighting art it's a fighting art comma white lion okay. i'm yeah and then obviously horrible clarity must be it's going in the knowledge deck so it's like a fighting art of some kind or something doing philosophies it won't be a, a disorder yeah. But it's got to be really, really good. If you're having to kill off five survivors during showdowns and not die yourself, I guess while doing this, yeah. I, I also find this is going to be a bit difficult to track. I mean, are these are these white boxes the the record them when you carry it on your survivor sheet? Do you, do you? I hope you don't have to tick the the, the fighting art because yeah. that's not just not going to work. Because yeah. I mean, who you, you can? You know, who, who I assume when like, you
2: write it on your sheet, you would write a number next to it and just up the number as you go. I
1: Imagine that's how we're all going to do it anyway. Nobody yeah. wants to permanently mark their cards. Yeah, I mean, you know, or you can make a reference card for the. So I just think it's
2: some fun things. With just this one in particular is yep. is the um, the sun stalker bow. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Get in some stupid range with it because it's melee. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like, oh, it's you're not... like five spaces away from me. You're going to switch spaces with me and get uh, her.
1: That says within the reach, and reach is not ranged. So, but,
2: um, okay. I guess I can't quite do that. But.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do it with a spear. Yeah, the harpoon um, spear. The, the harpoon's got a range of three, a reach of three. Sorry, to get it right. Um, yeah, so it's the yeah, the sunstalker bow. The sorry, the sunshark bow, as it's yeah. known, the best bow in the game. Thank you very much. I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Especially since I've been using it properly recently. It's obscenely good. Anyway, uh, yeah, it won't work because it's range 1 yeah. and not reach
2: 1. So Going back, I'm looking at the picture here. What the hell is that monster?
0: That's a great uh, No idea. Really. It looks like kind of a
2: Sunstalker mixed with a person. Kind of looks like a troll with like something over its face.
1: Yeah, well, it's a very strange looking creature.
2: Like I, I didn't notice this the first time I like looked through it. Like, oh, what creature is that? It, it, it's not a, it's not something we fought or I've seen before. That's the first time seeing that creature there. All right, yeah, I
1: have no idea what it is at all. It's uh hey, no, hang on, it's got it's got white lion paws. I think this might be like maybe some kind of like maybe like a white lion, somewhat, but with a very different face.
0: Like a hybrid abomination type monster,
1: an evolved white
0: lion. Huh. Well, that's interesting.
1: Who knows? Well, I mean, we do have the the mysterious thing that we'll talk about later.
2: Yeah, but that, 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 that's, I, that's a tidbit I don't. I don't think I've seen anyone talk about in, hmm. about the update. Is that picture there? Of what the hell is that thing?
1: Yeah, it's like um, when you go back into the rule book and there was that monster, you know, with the pillars and the survivors are hiding behind the pillars and it's stalking past. Yeah, sure. yeah, that turned out to be a trapdoor man. Okay. Like, we had... Uh, yeah, it's... Um, oh, let's let's grab my book and say exactly what page is it on. It's on for people who want to, to check if I remember correctly. Uh, it's one of the events that has it. Um, I'll look at this exciting content of flicking pages. I'm going to
2: have fun with this. I'm
0: I'm digging through the book here, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a full panel page. Uh, It might be like a bit earlier before the events. I think I've been through the events and haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. So describe to me what it was again. It was a bunch of pillars. It was like a foggy scene and the survivors are hiding from a monster.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... um, I mean, I've I've got the actual... Image because it was uh, one of the one of the poster images, or you know, the screen, um, uh, backdrop p- pictures. Yeah. I think it might be. Was it an expansion that was in? I don't think so. Maybe it's not actually in the book, and I'm misremembering, and is simply. Uh,
2: but yeah, it's, oh here it uh, is. It's on yep. uh, page sixty-four.
1: Oh, I skipped past it yeah yeah so that if you if you take a look at the trapdoor man model that's uh the, that's a trapdoor man it looks just like him hmm. uh then they are of course in the inverted mountain, so who knows these 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 things Adam puts these things in, and you never you never can tell what's gonna what's gonna turn up and what's an Easter egg and what's just like a bit of fluff, but yeah. Because uh, the, I remember somebody got a Black Friday grab bag and had the resin version of the, the Trapdoor Man model in there. And I was like, hey, that's that's this thing from that picture. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There we are. I've got Trapdoor Man. Uh, it's on the inverted mountain page. And it is, yeah, it's very, very, very similar. Multiple arms and the same kind of hunched up pose. And a similar face. But yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> you're right. It's a... Interesting and unusual looking monster on the card, and um who knows, maybe it represents like an evolved uh, version of one of the monsters, because he did make suggestions that the monster's going to change, as we'll talk about a bit further on.
0: All right, so part of this is that uh, it also has the selfish card uh, listed as well, so selfish disorder, and that is uh, after you spend survival to encourage another survivor roll D10 on a 6+, plus, you encourage them as normal. Otherwise, you stop thinking only of how you wasted precious energy you could have saved for yourself.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, it looks like the disorder deck isn't changing at all. This is a very – like this could just be a disorder right now.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so uh, we we showed that one off, and so the ne- smarter survivors can use their shared experiences more efficiently. This is called collective cognition, and represents the settlement's mental acuity and cultural potential. All right, so a level one monster is worth one CC once. So collective, uh, collective cognition was it? Yeah. A uh, yep. level 2 monster is worth 2cc twice, and a level 3 monster is worth 3cc three, three times. Collective <laughs> cognition points are awarded as the settlement eats a wider range of monsters, further developing their brains and cognitive functions, and unlocking a host of new insights and settlement developments.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of a, a way of encouraging people to face a variety of monsters.
0: Uh, if my wo- understanding
1: of the wording is correct, you fight a level 1, you get 1. You fight a level two, you get two. You fight a second level two, and you get two, and that's all you can get from those. And level three, you can get it three times, three points. Right. So it's to encourage, you know, it's like, hey, don't farm level ones over and over. You, you can hunt a couple of level twos. Hey, level threes, you know, there's a lot there for
2: them. So it so makes you fight each monster six times, and if you have four monsters in the campaign, yeah, that's twenty-four. So that that's a campaign's worth. Uh, you can get one each year if you if you work it.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, however,
0: as the survivors experience a Kingdom Death Monster advance campaign, they'll find the stories far from the same. For example, the Crimson Crocodile is far more dangerous than the White Lion. With a
1: picture of a crest for a Crimson Crocodile.
0: Really derpy looking crocodile. Yeah, he's got some bug eyes on him.
1: Well. The lion's kind of derpy looking as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. no offense to it. That I the sculptor I can't remember her name, but she did like the blessed and the chosen and a lot of the holy land stuff. She's done a lot better looking faces than when she did the white lion. So who knows? It's sometimes there's stuff in these things that's just a joke, isn't it? The the people have gotten very excited about this um, and confused because they're like, well. What's is this? Another model being put into the, the the gambler's chest? Because there's no way you could, you know, this looks nothing like the white lion,
2: yeah,
1: um, at all. Although it does kind of share the same paws. It's not the creature sitting on the meat shield fighting art. No, that looks more like a a shark slash human slash lion thing. Yeah. So who knows?
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, gear has stopped conveniently returning. So that, that's that's going to add some yeah. difficulty. I really like
2: that they have the uh, Kingsmen bringing the gear back.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I find it funny, but also I find they this does not reflect how people play against the Kingsmen, because like, uh, like, like I, I've talked about myself, and I know other people have done it, like just sending four naked newbies in against a nemesis monster is very common as a strategy. If your gear's not coming back, I'm kind of like... I, I could see myself looking at a lot of these nemesis fights and going, okay, we'll scratch four people because I can't win this fight. And if I'm not getting my gear back, this isn't worth it. Cause the nemesis fights, the rewards on them are kind of sometimes not worth the effort at all. Yeah. yeah they're kind so, of poopy. Yeah. 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 I mean this uh, on one hand, it's like, it's interesting, but I don't know if you guys have ever tried playing the, the really hard, like kingdom death nightmare mode. You end up playing so cautiously, and all the nemesis fights are like you just throw them because unless you're confident you're going to crush the monster, it's not worth resources. And you end up farming level ones to build a nice stock of gear, um, in case you have an accidental wipe. Cause like when you lose one person on a hunt, you know how much more likely you are to lose the showdown. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, I don't know. I, this is, this is one of those things that kind of like, I feel like there's going to need to be some good stuff to balance it. Um, the next thing though I'm way
0: more excited about and that is and some old foes have new plans. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got the I, hand there. So The I, hand with a bunch of heads. Yep. Yeah, he, he's, he's uh making a Christmas tree. A kebab. Yeah.
1: Yeah, quite <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's having a smoke as well. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've asked before for a hand unleashed. I'm very happy if the hand is going to do something more interesting than he was previously. And I know most people are going to as well. Just Personally. Stand there I, and taunt you. Yeah. I don't mind the hand turning up once a campaign standing and taunting. Other people feel differently about that. I would be very interested in him doing something different, especially for the balance of people of the sun where he's, even though he's a level three, He's like really not a good capstone because the fights against the level three butcher and level three kingsman that come beforehand are way harder. Like, or well, yeah, during that time, you know, it's like the hand level three just is like really. I know he's got high damage stat, but do you not see what these warriors of the sun can do? Yeah, so very cool.
0: All right, and so then it shows off uh some more of the sculpts that we have and we're not touching on those in this segment here so
1: yep except to note that this may be a representation of the bone eater armor there was some mention of that in one of the updates
2: yeah okay
1: so it's you know a a um, spine helmet and uh, a face cloth and your, your your business all hanging out
0: and the business is all hanging out there yeah, to I like the, the uh, monster.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, maximum intimidation. I do have to say, I like the um, the very sort of Greek and Roman sort of feel to the sculpt. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the sculpt a lot, but this one is very statuesque. Uh, quite deliberately, so I imagine.
0: Yeah, it's got a very different feel than most of the other ones, for sure. Yeah. Alright, so then next up we've got the Campaigns of Death. The scope of Campaigns of Death has grown. You still get custom campaigns with new stories to play, new gear to chase, and new final bosses to face. We also planned a cleanup of current expansions and errata. Uh, that piece grew as we poured over the current expansions. Now, Campaigns of Death delivers proper KDM 1.5 updates to all current expansions alongside overhauls for your entire collection. Yes, cards too. Much like the core game, there are many things that are rebalanced and adjusted. We've learned a lot about telling the KDM story, and we've clarified, enhanced, and deepened the narrative of each expansion. Descriptions are added and improved, hit location decks being uh, bring more personality to monsters, and everything that makes each monster what it has been concentrated. The Campaigns of Death hardcover rulebook will contain the updated versions of all 12 expansions printed within it. Uh, and then price increase from $40 to 125
1: And also increase from status of this is interesting to must-have. Like, this is absolutely a must-have. Yeah. You'll see when we go through
0: it. All right. So Campaigns of Death now upgrades all 12 current expansions to 1.5. That's the book. Plus 150 yes. pages. Yeah. This hardcover book now includes the 1.5 version of all 12 expansions in one place. How convenient! There mm. is a myriad of updates to all current expansions, ranging from new typos to brand new content. Here are some sneak peeks. I, I like that he was able to poke fun at himself
2: there. That was he, he does that all the time. Yeah.
0: All right. So this is some examples. We've, Josh, you want to you want to say that's a quote that we've got? Uh, we got piss. We got piss. So posturing piss uh, is a mood. When this comes into play, draw an AI card. The gorm asserts its dominance when a survivor ends their act in a gorm's blind spot. If they have any armor points to the legs location, reduce them to zero. Otherwise, they suffer monster level damage to that location. If the Gorm is defeated when this card is in play, they have not innovated it yet. The settlement gains the ammonia
2: innovation. So yeah, it's the same card that currently in there, right? I don't think it is.
1: Yeah, it. yeah. It's it's shown just uh, um, as a reference for the card that's changed,
0: which is yeah. the next one, Thunderfoot, which is another mood. When this comes into play, draw an AI card. Any survivor that ends their act in the stomping zone suffers knockback 5 and is knocked down. So let's get a little note here. If posturing piss is in play, they also lose all armor points at the leg's location. If they have none, they suffer monster-level damage to the leg's location. Mm-hmm. So he's, he like, his feet, he's stomping his piss. his piss onto your legs. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. It shows the stomping zone, and when the monster gets wounded, this gets discarded. This is like... One of the most exciting things in this update, it, because I, as everyone who's fought the Gorn before will note, when posture and piss happens, you're like, "Hooray, free ammonia!" Uh, we just like most people don't even attack in the back, in the back, but in fact, sometimes I even do. It's like, you know, whatever, don't even care if we have armor in the legs. Um, and Thunderfoot was just like a non-event at all. Like, really, you'd run in and hit the monster and get knocked back and knocked down and go, well, at least I'm not a threat now. This combination together is threatening and scary. I'm sure everyone who's fought the Dung Beetle like multiple times know how much it sucks to have your legs constantly be attacked by the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, thumbs up if this kind of stuff is happening to all of the monsters that are currently present it's great like combos and things like that gives monster more character
0: more danger more threat yes very very interesting to see more synergies between the individual cards and moods on the monster's end yeah Yeah. and And it's a little more planning on your end to try and see which cards you want to deal with and get out of the game sooner than others uh just because of the potential threat that they uh, uh give to you
1: yeah exactly it 's going to be a great to see these, and also you have the option. you can go, okay, well, these are newer players i 'm just going to use the original cards as they were because they 're not as dangerous and then you know so it 's nice it 's made the game more modular, and you can choose to upgrade and change what you want, or you can just you 've played enough and bug everything in and play it as it 's intended as hard as possible.
0: Okay, so players excited to gather around a lantern horde in Gorm infested territory are getting a prologue Gorm to start their journey. The Gorm expansion is updated for 1.5 rules and rewards. We've even found opportunities in ambiguous interactions between moods to give monsters uh, to give survivors more disgusting, brutal outcomes. Illustrated above. Yeah. So it's, cool, uh, we're getting the the prologue Gorm.
1: Yep, and uh, as you can see below, it's got uh, changed the rules. So new rulebook, great a new Gorm climate card, Thank God. a new HL deck and new AI deck and new gear. So there's a lot being changed there. I really hope in particular that the Gorman armor set is looked at because I've played and played and played with it. I love the design of it. I think the regeneration suit is actually a waste of time. I think upgrading the armor is a waste of time. I think basically you use it in the mid early to mid game, to allow you to like attack and retreat with a double-handed weapon as kind of a retreating, kiting tank. And then you hand it to an archer who just kites for the rest of the game. And it's kind of sad that you spend so much time making this armor set and you go, well, it cost all these resources and I could have made two rawhide sets with it, pretty much. And you should have. So please, please put some some red affinities on the boots. Because guard is such a nightmare to try and activate on that armor set. The mask is amazing. Love the mask, love the guard ability. The boots need something,
0: please. Yeah, that armor set has so much potential to it, but yeah, we seem to never implement it in any of our campaigns.
1: About the best thing I've done with it is used it with the Sunshark bow. you know. And the trouble even then is it falls off in the mid to late game because block one is not good enough for a lot of jobs. And it's just you can do better things with, with other gear combinations that are easier to get. So, good. Please, please rehaul Gormant armor. Most of the rest of it, apart from the Gax, is I love. And maybe the Black Sword needs a nerf, because it's a bit much. I hesitate to say.
2: I wonder if they're going to touch the uh, Wisdom Potion.
1: I hope not, but I would like to see the Life Potion gain some affinities, and the Healing Potion actually be relevant, as opposed to just... I'm curious if they would
2: take the Wisdom Potion and make it... Put it higher up on that list.
1: I, I kind of maybe they would but I think that's like I know a lot of people complain about how hit location manipulation is overpowered etc etc yeah. but I actually think Wis- Wisdom Potion is like a good version of it it's it's just revealing information so you decide what order you're going to act it's, it's not like the Necromancer Circlet and the Cat's Eye Circlet that yeah. are so... Like, they force you to just... They reward you, in fact, for slowing your play entirely down and just taking your time and going, we're not going to attack this turn. Whereas the Wisdom Potion says, you've got to attack, but this is what you got to deal with. So, I, I don't know. I can see it being further up, but the other potions... Like, Steadfast Potion's great, but the life potion and the the healing potion just i understand what they're trying to do with them combo them with gourmet armor but they don't synergize at all it's just yeah so yeah this is still all good it's got a lot of potential to be fantastic and lots more gourmet flavor
0: so moving on from our, our everyone's favorite piss baby over to the Manhunter. So the Manhunter's implements set it apart from other monsters. The gallows on its back now menace survivors with a new trap, while gear like the reverberating lantern have new roles in the Manhunter's hands. Survivors may even tickle the Manhunter's curiosity with their own ingenuity, triggering a strain milestone that could surface literally from the stone face ground of future settlements.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's great. Uh, worth noting that the picture, finally uses the art that Adam commissioned such a long time ago for the trap that hangs off the Manhunter's belt so teasing uh, probably a new piece of gear there Um, you know be nice, Uh, I do like that the Manhunter's going to use a reverberating lantern for something more and I think we all agree the trap as good as it is, it's not good enough to make the Manhunter scary he is not the most threatening character so Mm. you know uh, we can see he's having an updated hit location and AI deck apparently. More Merciless with a gallows trap and a change to gear. All good. Manhunter, love the expansion. One of my favorite. Does make the campaign easier. There's no, like,
0: debate about that I think now. So jumping on to the next one, we've got the Flower Knight. So, Fatality and Beauty blend to color the story of the Flower Knight. We've taken this to heart when rethinking the toughest level of Flower Knight, adding a delicate-looking new trait with deadly consequences. To make it the formidable prize it should be, the Vespertine Foil can now grow in lethality, adding a new reward for experienced players. So yes, very, very good to hear that the Vespertine Foil is going to get an upgrade, because it's pretty much useless.
1: It's a waste of paper at the moment. It is completely unusable. Um, it's just, nothing, nothing needs an upkeep that it has, you know. Um, I, looking at this, it's like they're just touching the highest level. And actually I thought that the level three version of the Flower Knight was fine, not particularly problematic in its design. I think the level one is the issue in the Flower Knight expansion. So Um, easy. It's uh, have you, have you been through the list of all the benefits it gives you? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So like obviously advanced KDM is going to encourage you to stay away from farming level one um, flower nights. Fantastic. Good. Yes, please. And I love fighting the level three because true blade, which is really hard to get is one of my favorite secret fighting arts because it's really cool. It's very unique and interesting and it has downsides and upsides. Um, but Like, the level 1 Flower Knight. First of all, it's the only level 1 that has a post-overwhelming darkness space, so you can open space before the monster. So you can stick Mineral Gathering there and really go for getting the good rewards, like Crystal Skin, get down to the Lantern City for early Blacksmith gear, get loss of iron, all that shit. You've got the easiest showdown fight in the entire game, by a mile. Like It's easier than the prologue fight, to be honest which rewards you with fencing, which you can stack onto all four survivors if you want to. Mm-hmm. Tons of resources. The fact that flowers are perishable is completely irrelevant because you've got the stone circle to cycle them if you don't want to. The damn sense memory afterwards, you can tutor overwhelming luck, which people don't talk about. I think people don't even notice that it's on the page. <laughs> like... like I, I, and that's the problem. Like when when Adam said he was going to do something for the level one flower night after you, so for the flower night, sorry, he said the flower night after you guys trounced it on stream during the campaign, you know, the, during the Kickstarter campaign. I was like, he, the flower Knight needs a new trait at every level. It needs something to really make it scary. It needs a massive amount of offense because it just hands luck tokens to the survivors and goes, "Please tear me to pieces." Yeah you know but but it looks like that's not what's happening here so i think the flower knight is going to remain despite these changes being the expansion that you say to someone oh, you have in trouble with kingdom death add the flower knight it's going to make it easier for you which is fine but the model is so gorgeous and people love it so much she is a fantastic creature uh i guess the abyssal woods is where we're really gonna
2: get yeah. to enjoy yeah.
1: it and and to be honest like she's probably not, she's just going to maybe turn up once and get slaughtered during the Abyssal Woods because she's the Settlements Watcher type, you know, like settlement monster. So, there we are. that's how I feel about it. How do you guys feel about
0: it? Yeah, the level one is exceedingly easy and it. I think they're trying to mitigate a lot of that, as you said, with the advanced KDM rules of mm. please don't fight level one monsters over and over again. Because yeah. we to not give you as much stuff, we're going to stop giving you stuff for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it seems like they might just kind of railroad you into a level three and have a level three actually be where the challenge is to maybe
2: goad you into a false sense of security with the levels one and two. Mm, yeah. And they still might be changing some other hit locations, AIs that would be for the lower levels too. We, we don't. We'll find out when it. it yeah.
1: I I really hope that they do, and I I, I obviously I don't think like Adam's going to listen to these. But I wish, you know, if there's anything I could say to him is, Adam, please give the Flower Knight a new trait at every level to do something to stop the way it's done right now, which is either it gets plinked to death by range attacks from outside while one person tanks in the middle, or it gets kited out of the ring where it's utterly useless and it keeps running back in, but you just kite it back out. Or or it literally gets fisted fist and toothed to death. You, I've punched it to death. I think you can actually kill it a lot of the time with four starting survivors. Huh. Like I think it's actually like very possible.
2: Yeah. Uh, the other thing to note here is it only says it's updated in the foil. Mm. But I, I know Adam's already said that the, the bow is getting, getting, getting nerfed.
1: Yeah. The bow absolutely does need to be nerfed. It's bonkers that you could potentially unlikely, but potentially make three of them in lantern year five. <laughs> You know, there, there's enough. Yeah, exactly. I've made two on a regular and I've gotten close to making three quite often. It's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I, I, I like that he has, he's looked at things, although the suggestions he made to the bow were uh, not quite enough. Make it, anybody suggest making it strength one? I think, yeah. I think it's, let it, dropping needs it at five
2: strength, which is, which is still a decent chunk because uh, it was super <laughs> strong. <laughs>
1: It's a somebody described it recently as a zambato with, with which can be which with range, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and it, I realized, yeah, it actually is. Like it's a, but a you say, zambato.
2: You could make it go slow and get plus four accuracy and just shoot from across the board. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's, what, the that's Zanbato zambato. Otherwise,
0: yeah. you can you can turn it into like guitars essentially. So it's mm. guitars slash zambato with stupid range. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. Alright, so then moving on to the Sunstalker. Survivors hunting the Sunstalkers for, for their cycloid scales will find them twice as durable. Players enjoying People of the Sun will be able to hunt and fight monsters from all expansions. However, they will find a much more formidable ancient Sunstalker at the end of their story. In addition, People of the Sun will finally craft an early game katana. So, first and foremost, I like what I hear about the cycloid scale armor.
1: Really? Really? Like the people I'm dealing with, uh, who I speak to, their minds are blown that the best armor in the game—not my favorite—but the best armor in the game is getting a buff. Yep. Like the only downside of cycloid armor is it doesn't have that great an armor set, like armor points. Let's double it. Hey, it's, it's a bit less than doubling because obviously set bonus and everything. Right, right. But, and I, I know Adam responded, uh, on Twitter to say that first of all, Silk Armor is getting a change. Okay. Good, good. Thank you, Adam. Agreed. Also, could you look at Phoenix and White Lion and Gormant? You know, they're all a bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, 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 I don't understand it because like already people use this as their tanking set. Like it, they use it for tanking, they use it for bows, they use it for damage. It's like whenever you're having trouble making a weapon work, the answer is get get cycloid scales. Get get a cycloid armor. And the, the only things that were bad about this was relatively low armor, which mostly avoided by being evasive, and the fact that it cost 17 resources. So, needless to say, he had a bit of a Twitter conversation with some people about, who were boggled about this and, you know, I wasn't directly involved in the conversation, apart from making a flippant comment. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he doesn't respond to me a lot of the time anyway, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I, I understand he said he wants the armor to bridge to the late game a bit better. But this armor stomps the everything right now. Like, I, th- I, I, it's the f- armor I used to kill the level 3 Dung Beetle Knight the first time. And that was, like, the first confirmed level 3 Dung Beetle Knight kill. And it's because of cycloid armor. You know, people have refined since then and, and definitely improved on what I did. But, pff, yeah, you know. Uh, and let's get on to the really cool stuff, which is the early game Katana
0: which yes, please. yeah i mean it'd be nice to see a katana that can actually be utilized in the game yeah
1: it's kind of crazy because you get the you get access to the edge telemetry fairly early on and then you sit there going well unless i get the muramasa by chance which has its own problems um i'm stuck waiting to get the uh, rainbow katana from the phoenix which is a lot of resources so this is really cool like really really cool and the H of stalk at the end, yes, please, because the Sunstalker right now is weaker than all of the stuff running up to it. So, we
2: those are we so haven't quite got there yet. We're still in our yeah. people of the Sun campaign. Yeah,
1: what? yeah. More game plussing. Yay! <laughs> Have you got warriors yet? Uh, no. Oh, well, yeah. You're going to love warriors. Warriors make the people of the stars look a bit weak. I think. I think what? we
2: just finally got to like where we could possibly yeah. make them. We just yeah, had that yeah. story event happen.
1: You just barrel your way towards them. Oh, did did you like how the story event? Um, I don't know if it happened for you, but it, it gives you, it gives. Was it the survivor emotionless? Yeah, and that yeah. gives them. Um, I can't remember what it is now, but the thing you can't use when you're emotionless is a fighting art. I think it is. I thought that oh. was really funny. Oh, I don't remember. Um, hang on, I can I can pull it up now. I, I chuckled when I when that first happened, and it's something we're going to talk about when we do talk about People of the Sun. Uh it happens in um umbilical not umbilical symbiosis, birth of colour. Yeah. Uh yeah, the vivisectionist gets emotionless and then if you get the six to ten result, they get the sun eater secret fighting art, which doesn't work.
0: Oh really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, we didn't get the sun eater fighting art, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, so you you didn't see it. It's uh funny. Well hopefully it gets rehauled and touched in the updated book. Because it's just one of those things. I mean, all it stands right now is eventually you try and get rid of emotionless on them, and then they become a Sun Eater.
0: Which, Sun Eater's really good. And so some of the other stuff that's changing here, we're changing more hit locations and AI deck, uh, adding the Ancient Sun Stalker spotlight, and then uh, changing up some gear there.
1: So yeah, sorry, it's not Sun Eater, it's something else that happened. Anyway, um, yeah, there's, there's some combination that screws things up. It's not sunny too. It was something else. I'll have to go back to it and, and check. Ready for the sun uh, Sunstalker one. So, apologies, it was <laughs> wrong thing. Um, where were we? Uh,
0: finishing up with the Sunstalker. Is there anything yep. else that you want to say about that?
1: No, except People of the Sun is a pretty good campaign, and this feels like the changes that it needs to um, make it whole.
0: You know, sounds good to me. Yeah. So, for too long, the Lonely Tree has lived in a middle ground between terrain and true expansion. This update makes the Lonely Tree Showdown more accessible and more rewarding. Sweeping changes to its Showdown decks produced four breeds of trees with four new traits, new fruit rewards, and a chance to, ch- to gain an axe, uh, to gain that axe that's hanging in its forlorn branches.
1: Okay. I'd just like to make a quick little quip here. Adam? You can already get that axe. It's a bone axe. It's one of the critical hit locations. Like maybe, maybe you can get it during the fight now. But no, you can get it during the fight. That's the yeah. thing. It's it's completely yeah yeah one of the locations you're critically hit and you get the bone axe that's that's hanging up in the tree. So uh, obviously it's gonna be better than the bone axe because you get this bone axe. You go, I don't want this. <laughs> Why? So it's I imagine it's gonna be some cool axe. I mean it's an
0: AX, it's not even got an E on it. Yeah. Uh,
1: another another wonderful typo.
0: It's uh it's gonna have a tree branch as the handle, kind of like Stormbreaker. Oh. It, it's, yeah. a, it's KDM's version of Stormbreaker. Exactly.
1: It's it's gonna have um the counterweight axe ability, except it's gonna have like uh, plus one to your range of perfect hits and it's gonna have devastating two. Oh wow. Just to make sure that you know, people who like to encounter weight axe spam can kill the monsters even faster. How about how about an axe that summons the tree in other places? <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and then like it has a chance to just start to chuck the fruit at you. Yeah, brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. I, well, what can we say? Brilliant. All good. All you know, jokes aside, more tree breeds, fantastic. Re encountering the tree more often, fantastic. Getting cool stuff from, like, results during the fight, yes. Or, or even after the fight as rewards. All good. All good. Just just give us something to do with the Lonely Lady model now, please. Like, make her a nemesis.
2: We'll like fight. I have.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all good.
0: I know it's getting some love. Mm-hmm. Deserves oh, it. This is the card that everyone wants to hear about. God Slurp. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is going into the Lion God here. So, God Slurp, closest threat, in field of view in range, and it's got a flow there. And then move an attack target, 2 speed, 3 plus accuracy, 7 damage. After damage, bash, bleed 2, reduce targets, insanity to 0, and archive any soluble gear. So, he's uh he's sucking the soluble stuff off of you.
1: Yep. Yeah, soluble is, of course, a target at uh, things like monster boost.
0: So, he's he's licking the monster grease off of you. Yeah. Yep, yep. Lovely.
1: Um obviously this is also a relentless card which plays into the Lion God's mechanics, and we'll talk about those when we get to them. Um so this is like a bigger card, it's this god class AI deck, which suggests that the Screaming God's gonna get these big cards as well.
0: Ooh.
1: Yep. Because it's a god class, you know. Or, you know, uh, well, I'm all for buffs to the Lion God because it's not as impressive as people make it out to be or as you think it would be. I like the bigger cards. I like the art. This card seems scary. Yes, please. Like, and they're adding links to connect the Lion God to the Silver City. All good. Lion God needed a lot of love. It always felt like it was kind of half-baked. And it's not the kind of monster you hunt very often. You hunt it once, maybe twice. Uh, very not really worth hunting at level 3 at all because you can get everything you want from the level 2. So, I like this.
0: Alright, you know. so then we got God cards like you were saying, and then the Godly Disposition which uh, hit location there. That's going to be interesting.
1: Yep. Yeah. And some more gear. Yes, please. It needs more gear.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, crossover content. Depending on the mixture of expansions in your campaign, you might see some unique new things. People of the Sun campaign plus a Dragon King equals a nuclear katana! Yeah, That sounds kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, I love this because, like, I've been I, I, people talk about it all the time now, but I was the first advocate of put the Dragon King in People of the Sun. It's good in People of the Sun. So I'm really pleased to see this being the showcase, like, hey, you can have this. And it's a great looking weapon and it's exciting and and fun, so um, yeah,
0: this is fantastic. So more hybrids here. We've got Lonely Lady plus Slenderman equals, ew, the Dark Fruit, which modifies the Lonely Tree showdowns and its rewards. Uh, That's yeah, kind of kind of creepy looking.
1: Yeah, um, I have to very quickly put my birds to bed, and then um, so you guys can talk about this. But I think obviously I'm, I'm really pro cross expansion stuff, and I'll talk about that when I get back in about a minute. Sounds good. Okay.
0: So Dung Beetle Knight plus any expansion is going to equal calcified gear. New calcified stuff. So now we're going to be able to calcify gear from other expansions, which is really cool. So the Bone Club,
2: which is not even an expansion. It's the base game. Right. Uh, The Sleever from Sunstalker. Uh, There I see the Dragon King Helm. The Dragon King Helm. Uh, That is... um...
0: Is Is that a katana? It's a
2: guitar. Guitar, rather. It's a guitar. I can't remember which one this is. This might be this ridiculous guitar. Yeah, I think so. I'm not 100% sure what this is supposed to be.
0: It's calcified, though. You'd say that much.
2: Um,
0: greater Gax, I think. And Gorm. Is that a calcified Lion Knight mask?
2: Yeah, which which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you would do that. That's
0: That's interesting, to say the least. All right. And then Lion Knight plus Spidiculus is equal to. It's got beautiful hair, a silk wig. Yeah, I want one for myself. I think that would look fabulous. Um, yeah. Sorry, hang on. Hi. All right, nope. so those are all of the highlighted hybrid combo monster synergies that they put in this Black Friday update. Um, It's It seems very interesting, though, and I I like the concept of having more interaction, intermingling between the monsters that show up, and that really will help you gain a little bit more of a unique feel for each campaign. I encourage you to try different mixtures of monsters versus just, these are the best expansions that work together, let's do that, versus let's try this out, I want to try some different stuff.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm, I'm not gonna, like, push my own stuff too much, but I've, as people know, I've done some of my own custom things. And one of the things I've always tried to do is include some items that require stuff from other expansions, official expansions. I'm hugely into cross expansion stuff. That's why I love the green armor. And I've always felt there should be more, like, it's extra content. You know, it's like, uh, hey, if I, if I've got the lion knight and I have to have some ridiculous, brilliant you know i get this extra bonus and so i'm like super super thumbs up like i'm actually sat here with both thumbs up like yeah this is this is the stuff that like has made campaigns of death like must have and we haven't even got on to the uh the, the strain system
0: all right so strain system is something i am bonkers excited about one core rule of the Kingdom Death world is that there is no human history. My explanation for why this is the case is that Watchers ate history. Eroding statues, devouring books, inhaling weapons and armor. Cultures were just a snack before they could even leave an enduring mark. However, <laughs> life and death. Sorry,
1: uh, What's up? Just, it's just worth pointing out that Watchers ate it is a bit of a meme already.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. And we'll but just, carry furthering the meme. Yeah. However, life and death are far more interesting than that. I'm not interested in lineages of human kings and the wars they fight. Instead, I thought about an canvas plant and wondered if it would change color while it grew in a survivor settlement amid their diffused lantern light. It's like a kid's science project where they grow a plant in a cabinet and it turns white. Would its color change be permanent? Might there be a monster that prefers it? Would that change a creature's habitat? And then boom, it hit me. If the note system we proposed to customize the monsters appearing in your game was card-driven, then we could introduce ecological shifts and enduring mutations. Players could play a meaningful role in the evolution of their game world. Not by conquesting a nation, but maybe by survivors unwittingly bringing back an insect from a far-off showdown. That bug then scuttles into the eyehole of a stone face and wreaks havoc on an unseen layer of nightmare substrate below. Untold generations of survivors later, the soil of that region is fertile. Who knows what your next campaign might grow in that fertile ground, but we're excited to find out.
2: Twitch was all excited because there's bugs.
0: Yeah, they mentioned a bug, so of course Twitch was all excited yep.
2: about that. Um, we're, we're all about bugs.
0: But more campaign-y style stuff, uh, more legacy style stuff added to the game, so that seems interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to hold judgment on this side. I, I've only ever enjoyed one legacy game so far, uh, and that was Charterstone, which really if the legacy stuff felt very bolted on, not gonna. I, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate a little bit and be like, this is one of the things I want to wait and see what it's like to experience. Mm. It could be super cool, like Absolutely. really cool. And, and I can see where it's trying to add a lot more for people who play repeatedly so they can sit there and work on and build their own world. Um, so it's it, it could be really good. I'm cautiously optimistic, I think is the way to describe it.
2: It sounds like it's going to just kind of improve that that dead settlement track that nobody uses. Yes, yeah, that's true. Because I have, have you have you used that? You just finished two hundred campaigns. Have you ever done the uh, the triggers off of those?
1: Oh yeah, I have all the triggers in, and it makes things a, a little silly at the start.
0: All right, um, so then going into the strain system, uh, the nodes. Si- or- the node systems created a structure for kingdom death monster campaigns and introduced an improved way for players to create custom campaigns. As we worked on it, something strange happened. The system metamorphosed and from its husk crawled something scary that has deeply excited me. The strain system introduces a card based process to create a unique campaign from kingdom death monster collection. Starting with your campaign story arc monster, draw cards, uh, drawn cards will specify aspects of your campaign quarries. You will hunt, Nemesis you will face, unique story events, campaign milestones, and more. So oversized story arc cards provide you with a recipe to create a specific campaign, like People of the Lantern, the original core game campaign, People of the Eclipse, or Slaughterhouse. Both are new story arc campaigns included of Campaigns of Death. You know, Slaughterhouse seems very fun and light. I'm just Mm going to put that out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's People of Slaughterhouse
0: 5. (laughs) Uh, The second exciting aspect... You scrolled I past know. the words there. The second exciting aspect of the strain system concerns the strange and surprising ways survivors might affect the world from one campaign to the next. Strain milestones add new challenges and side stories to your game. If you accomplish them, the effects echo forward at changing
2: future campaigns. I think I stopped looking at the picture here. So we have... Manhunter? The Manhunter with a dead survivor by his feet. And he's looking at like a... Fecal cell? No. Broken pot? Uh, Doesn't Who knows? It?
1: A jar of honey. It's got bugs in it.
2: And then it shows the Manhunter is dead so whatever was in that jar killed him. And then they found yep. a different pot. Mm.
0: That's one of the
2: Manhunter's uh, goodies. I, I like the
1: picture below afterwards with uh, with Lucy and Zachary and the, the three skeletons and Urza carrying the body all by herself. Mm. She's, she's cut, in the whole white line all by herself. And yep. of course there's no Alistair because Alistair is a rubbish survivor and he's dead. No.
0: Uh, In summary, the strain system will provide rules for players to build a custom campaign, either by selecting their strain cards or in true Kingdom Death style, allowing the system itself to generate a campaign for you. Countless survivors will perish in the wake of your ever-evolving series of campaigns. Oh, and of course, the new expansions, Wave 4, will include strain cards to further expand this system, and campaigns of death, updates, Mm -hmm. current expansions to work in the strain system as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's all very exciting. It's It sounds like it could be a lot of longevity and life and uh, really um, change things up for everyone. And of course, hopefully it's designed in a good way for a reset so you can just go back to basics and start evolving your world again and see if it goes in a different direction.
2: It makes it sound very roguelike where you can kind of set it up and have this cool unique campaign every time
1: the game always has been quite ro- roguelike. but like now set.
2: it's more of oh we have the set storyline no the storyline's going to be different different monsters are going to show up and like <laughs> yeah. oh you're, you're not necessarily going to have these generic stories that n- always happen it's like oh no this is going to happen now and you're going to get this yeah. different story then and, and and it ups the roguelike in it but so maybe in one
1: of the campaigns eventually you get to fight the king and people will be satisfied finally
0: Alright, so now, Ancient Butcher. Speaking of evolution, the Butcher is still going strong. Who knows how many hundred lantern years it's been, hacking up survivors and growing. So, mm. Campaigns of Death, Ancient Butcher. dum. Yep.
1: This is what we were promised, and the model is super suitably imposing.
0: That's, that's purdy.
1: Yeah, it's a lot better than the
0: original one. He's got really stubby legs.
1: <laughs> it's mostly because of the sheer hulking mass of the coat on its back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it—I mean—I don't want to bring too much levity to it, but it kind of looks like a minion dressed up for Halloween.
1: <laughs> kind of
0: does. <laughs> you also noticed how um,
1: weirdly stretched forward his head is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it but, is.
0: It is very creepy looking. But yeah. now, Fen, you gotta paint one yellow with blue overalls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, pinups of Death. The hard plastic pinups are nearly These complete. Are just all the plastic yep. pinups. Yeah. it's
1: all the pinups. So yep, which are, are fantastic. I'm looking forward to them
0: coming out. Yeah, there's a lot of pretty ones there.
1: There is some really and lots of bonus ones. Uh, I think the next stuff of interest we get to for game content wise is I, I don't want to say until I get there. Yeah, all the scrolling.
0: So Bear with it's us. Awesome. We're we're scrolling.
1: Yeah, I, it's the first Hero expansion
0: we need like hold music to play during this Yeah, you need to scroll faster Josh
1: well, well as I said we needed intro music we need hold music and we need a musical sting from I don't know law and
0: order I'm sure that one would be relevant can it be composed by sting yeah, um, if you can afford that oh no we're good friends we go way back yeah. so many pinups so many pinups there we go first hero expansion Okay, if you can. Oh, we're still scrolling. We're still scrolling still, through the minis. Still scrolling. All right. So, uh, first card that we're showing off here is the trait Uncrowned King of Arms. Uh, so, at the end of the monster's turn, perform requip and then basic action to that specific order. So, requip. If there's no equipment in play, put a random one into play. If no equipment is left, nothing happens.
1: Yep. So we're we've a little really ex- cool crown. Yeah. Well people have pointed out that this is um Gilgamesh from some anime that I know nothing more about. I could not be bothered to look into. But uh apparently an aesthetic of using lots of different weapons and everything, so Yeah, Giggle
0: yeah. He- Giggle Mesh <laughs> oh, That's
1: that's his name now, Giggle Mesh.
0: <laughs> he works part time as a comedian. <laughs> oh man. So showing off one of the equipment cards, we've got a Zambato here. So we've yep. got some stats across the tie. We've got durability, accuracy modifier, and toughness. So durability of 5, accuracy modifier of 0, toughness of 9. Uh, we've got a lovely little picture there. And then replace basic, attack, basic action attack profile with this. And so it is move and zone attack target. So 2 speed, 3 plus accuracy, 5 damage. And then after damage, bleed, knock back 6. And it gives you a... Essentially like a zone that the... The first hero would be sweeping these Ambio through and
2: attacking people. There's Zambao. Apparently, has reached two. <clears> There's <throat> only has reached one. Yeah, he's got longer well, arms.
1: It seems like just to take a quick look at this. First of all, um, I don't really know what the accuracy modifier at the top is, but uh, maybe that's a modifier of how hard the first hero is to hit when you attack. But obviously, the durability is the number of like wounds that this weapon can take, and the toughness is nine. So I would assume if you wound this five times, it's broken and it's gone and you lose access to whatever, maybe the weapon craft location from the settlement. So from uh, also,
2: I thought from the original pitch was like, so if the zombado is still in play at the end, you get a zombado. Mm. What was the idea? So like, you collect his weapons that you didn't break.
1: I, I think the pitch was that the locations, the settlement, would be based around what weapons survived, so you'd have to decide whether you were going to break the weapons or, or not. Like, Depending on how many things you smashed up, you would Lose stuff from the settlement where you yeah. took it out know, to add some variety. Um, obviously, I think the biggest crime here is that this ambato is damage five instead of six and speed two instead of one.
2: You know, I realize
1: this is for balance purposes, but yeah. You this
2: know. guy knows how to use Zambato better. I like the picture of he the there. It's it's different than the normal one, isn't it? Mm,
1: it's it's pretty similar. Is it? but it's it's definitely more refined and larger looking, and uh, it's got. Strapping instead of a lot of fur. Uh, uh,
0: there we go. We get a close up of it.
1: Yeah, with the the female first hero, who is apparently going to be the the higher level one. They both look really cool. They're um, very large models on fifty mil bases. So yeah,
0: bunch of cool gear. Bunch of cool gear.
1: It's nice that you can look at the gear and instantly recognise what what it's uh, what it is. Yeah, like there's the zambato, and they, there's like a uh, the the arc bow and everything. I wonder how this is going to work with um, expansions in your settlements. You know, like if you take over a settlement at Lantern Year Twelve and you wanted the dung beetle knight in the campaign, is he going to have access to something like a trash crown?
2: Hmm.
1: Who knows? When we've got the cool like um, four survivors that you play as when you play these, with a they've all got their own unique gear all looks gorgeous like it's nice to see uh you can have such fantastic looking uh gear and models
0: well, that, yeah they look really good yeah well they've all got a very unique style to them as well which is nice
1: absolutely
0: Why well they're, they're, they're,
1: they're all right? all. <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're all as well apparently um again references each one of these characters is like some uh character from pop culture um i can't remember which one's which I think a lot of them might be anime reference, uh, you know, anime well, I have references.
0: Feeling which. that the one is Afro Samurai because it looks like it's carrying a sort of.
1: I don't think it is. I think that I, I think somebody needs to say who he is, and it's not Afro Samurai. Oh. It's uh, but, they, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure people can look around online and they'll find out uh, who these are based off. Probably
0: screaming it right now. Yeah, you know that's it happens. Unfortunately, we no. can't hear them.
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately we don't have a weeb on the team either, so... Yeah. well, yeah, Not
0: that you know of.
1: Hey, hey, if you don't know who those four characters are, the, uh, the sure. weebs do, you
0: know. So, moving into the Screaming God expansion, the Screaming God was one tough design. I can't even take credit for the showdown in motion idea that was one of the designers on the team. I recall being really excited and really scared about how we'd make it all work. No showdown to date had ever had had as many revisions as this one, but I'm very proud of where it is now. This is a showdown that takes place in perpetual motion. The survivors are racing through ruins in the darkness, hunting the Screaming God as it hunts them. At the same time, on everyone's heels is a stampede of screaming antelopes in heat. Uh, Touching them is instant death. If the Screaming God moves over you, it is also instant death to represent the constant motion as the survivors zoom ahead at the start of every round a Horizon card is drawn and all terrain and the monster move six spaces towards the Stampede. It's totally nuts. So this is one that we showed off uh, in our Gen Con preview yep. from yep. last year. We got a little taste of what that uh, showdown is going to be like, and it is definitely very different. It's very yeah.
2: interesting that uh, when the, sta- the Screaming Antelopes are in heat, they Stampede.
0: Well, they're, they're going for the mail. <laughs> you know? It's so mating that, time. That, is that how it all is?
2: Yeah, they're just not doing it and running at the same time.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> they're they're focused on getting to the the male, the alpha male, which would be the screaming god, and he's running Ooh. away from him, kind of like uh, Pepe Le Pew and the cat. <laughs> That's how I see it.
1: Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty plausible. It's, um, it's worth mentioning that, uh, this, this design of, um, showdown is, it harks all the way back to like the 1980s. MB games, Thunder Road used this mechanic where if you've two, two board segments, you'd put them one in front of the other. You raced like Mad Max style cars. Um, and if you fell off the back of the track, the back track, you were dead. So it's, uh, it's also been used in Necromunda, which is where I was more familiar with it. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a really good mechanic. You guys have played it. You've demoed it. People have. The videos are on YouTube. Go go watch them. Yeah, yeah. There, and, there's um,
2: like I made a couple comments with. I was talking to all the, the, one of the designers. Mm-hmm. Yep. About like so, so the biggest thing was you couldn't see what was coming up. Hmm. Uh, so if you were at the front like six spaces, chances there's a good chance you were just gonna get hit by a piece of terrain because you apparently aren't seeing where You're, you're not watching where you're going. But yeah, it was really cool yeah got uh, <clears throat> like a cool little picture of
0: cubes in space cubes in spaces my well my favorite is the hamster wheel one that they got down there
2: with the antelope running the wheels yeah exactly that's that's possibly my favorite one yep uh, so then we got a random picture brick and then we have this really weird random cool picture Who's the got... full
1: arc's been seen it's got all of the core monsters and they're being killed by various weapons
2: so there's the uh, is that the counterweight no I'm not sure. So we got Gorm. That's Gorm, right? Yeah, it's Gorm.
1: Yeah, yeah. you got Gorm, you got, uh, below it's the Phoenix. Yeah, it had it had White Lion on it and a whole bunch of others. Um, but yeah, the full arts either appeared on the Kickstarter or did the
0: round somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And Screaming God looks absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah, the sprues very nicely laid out as well, I have to say. It looks like it's going to be fairly straightforward to put together, um, although it's going to probably demand some assembling in parts. Definitely about time that they redid the original Screaming Antelope, because it looks a bit underwhelming compared to this, which you should do. But, you know, I mean, detail-wise, it's not even close to this thing, which faces on the side kind of indicate the saddle was being built. Hmm. And we all know the lore of of the Mad God.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So part of this expansion here is uh, the Parasite Queen. So while evidence of its dominion is everywhere, the Parasite Queen is one of KDM's most elusive monsters. If the survivors manage to find it, they will be in for a challenge like nothing they have ever faced. Here's a look at the Parasite Queen.
1: Yep. So I think it's worth saying evidence of its dominion is everywhere. So, Adam's clearly saying, hey, like, you've already seen lots of things that it's done and it's affected everything. This, I would speculate, and I, you know, I'm going to take a risk of being wrong here. I'd speculate that this is the entity that's responsible for the corruption of the land. It's linked to lanterns quite strongly. It's got like the weird like hand stuff going on. Hmm. I think this it's also got a very king aesthetic to it. Yeah, it's while very, it's not, a saying, yeah, it thing. has it has that same kind of moving forward progressions hmm. uh, procession kind of thing and the cloak kind of concealing the true monster underneath and at the back. So it's a uh, definitely interesting to see what it and its illuminated ones are going to be like and everything.
0: So going into the illuminated ones. They got some big lanterns. yeah, lanterns. That's what you're looking at, Josh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, more uh very traditional Greek Roman looking poses fingers on for hair. That. Huh? He's got
2: fingers for hair.
0: Oh, those fingers. Yes, those
2: are fingers. That's weird.
1: It's more like a helmet.
2: Is it a helmet? Yeah,
0: cuz looks like it's a helmet. He's got like chains that are holding it onto his head. Oh. Yeah. It's a finger hat. Uh, is <laughs> that a finger sleeve. A codpiece? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finger a, codpiece. Yeah. A finger codpiece, yeah. All right, so uh, Black Knight expansion. Uh, the Black Knight showdown is another battle where the location really transforms the fight. The battle takes place high on the side of the inverted mountain in a crumbling sanctuary. The squires that noiselessly skulk under the Black Knight's lonely home have slowly been restoring the cloister's grandeur with a locally sourced rubbery elastomer. The lovingly cobbled statues uh, in the sanctuary take on an elastic aspect, a feature the Black Knight using to, uses to great effect. Ricocheting survivors through the sanctum and into the open air. The five-year Squire campaign has also taken an interesting development turn, focusing on four particular squires and how their individual secrets shaped their relationship with the Black Knight.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we we talked about this with the Jencon one, so it's not worth going into it in too much detail, but it's really nice. Um, I, I would say the uh, the tiles are really showing their Warhammer Quest influence, like. They really uh really do look like it, which is the the the, um, the the illustrated ones that is the uh, the ones that were Gen con were gorgeous, but
0: um you know that's
1: that's we're not getting those that yeah. would be an
0: expensive expansion well we we did have a giveaway for one of those elastomer statues, so yeah. someone has one somewhere dun dun dun. uh but no it's it was absolutely gorgeous uh, at gen con, but it was interesting to play as and I think that the a concept of the elastomer statues is very interesting, having you ricochet around the board. Yeah, again, another uh, very unique element.
1: Yeah, of the two showdowns, the showcased this one felt like the more interesting one um, by a long way. The the I was the the screaming god one felt maybe it's just the way they set it up. It felt very stacked against the survivors oh, yeah, to the point. Yeah, very of, much so. It, it felt every like every demo would, they
2: do is stacked against the survivors.
1: Yeah. But the black, uh, Black Knight one was technically winnable, whereas the Screaming God one absolutely wasn't. Yeah, we we'll just see how long you can
0: hold on before you die.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one video did show like the the Black Knight was beaten in one playthrough, it, which I was like, oh, that's cool. They nearly lost, and they got very lucky to win. But it was like, hey, just, just. It's one that um, Zach Zach B ran, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's all the miniatures painted by uh, Liz. Yeah, painted by Liz. They're gorgeous, yeah. as always.
0: Uh, and then there's the... Uh, we're on to the Nightmare Ram. So, the Nightmare Ram expansion. I fear I have misled you all. Gen Con interview. Us. It, yeah, us. <laughs> it's true, the Nightmare Ram itself is not part of the dungeon crawl anymore, but that's because it's been moved to its own boss room. Uh the dungeon crawl portion leading up to the ram still exists. Replacing most of the hunt phase, uh, the survivors will work their way through the ram's dungeon, dealing with boiling water bugs on their way to confront it. We found the design space that combined both at the same time was not allowing us to make the Nightmare Ram or elements of the dungeon strong enough, so we made them both their own more distinct, more exciting places. pieces. Uh, so, Nightmare Ram, again, we have the oversized skull in our... Thing here, but it's very interesting to see it in its full creepy ass hand foot glory. He's got a booty too. Yeah, Nightmare Ram has got a a bubble butt. But uh, so separating out the dungeon crawl from the showdown for the Nightmare Ram, so they can give more focus on both individual elements.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the picture of the boss room, which apparently is a work in progress, it's going to be interesting to see how that's represented on the board. The, the vertical
0: the verticality of it
1: yeah because it's like a it was gonna need either some very special terrain pieces or perhaps even an entirely new board really much so like I the think
2: they were talking I, about I, terrain pieces for this
0: yeah yeah okay and so boiling water bug kind of looks like George Washington oh yeah
2: <laughs> I mean that monster in the meat shield kind of a little bit looks like one of these guys a little bit not really but some similarities yeah.
0: but it it looks like George Washington mixed with a beetle
1: or, or Beethoven
0: yeah there you go uh, okay. so nightmare realm dungeon work in progress we see some of those minis for the uh, water boiling water bugs really yeah cool. there seems to like be a couple different sculpts too yeah yeah
1: yeah about two or three different sculpts yeah three by the looks of it
0: Okay, anything else you wanted to touch on there before we jumped into the next section?
1: Uh, no, I mean, it's not a lot of details. Yeah. It's the same as with the Pathfinders of Death, which we can pretty much skip past at the moment. It's just the sculpts, which are great to see the Pathfinder characters being realized, but let's get on to the Frog Dog.
0: Frog Dog, Frog Dog. Frog Dog expansion. We found the best way to make the Frog Dog's lethal farts a centerpiece of the showdown. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to scroll down a bit to see exactly what I mean, but the Frog Dog also makes for a massive resource in the early game and includes both an armory and an olfactory location. Oh, and the plastic version is totally lovely. The original hand-sculpted version's base was a bit more oval than round, so we had to rework the base, moving dog poles around the pile about to get it right on the 100mm base. So, an olfactory location.
1: Smells. Yeah. A smell
0: location. Interesting. Oh. This is the most berserk-looking monster by a long way. Yeah, it's it's got kind of like an '80s punk look to it, with like the quasi mohawk that it's got going on. Kind of reminds
2: me. Dog could be like an old punk band.
0: Yeah, it actually does sound like a an <laughs> '80s, late '80s, early '90s punk band. Yeah, yeah, but he's got the FRT deck, the Fark deck. So we've got an example here of rotten emission. A wave of prickling as every pore in your skin opens at once to soak up the gassy stench. Or is that greasy stench? Greasy stench. Greasy stench. Greasy stench. Target a survivor, fewest spaces from the heinous origin. The bum. Well, yes, and I, I'm assuming that the heinous origin rhymes with heinous as well. Uh, so they suffer monster level damage to a random hit location, uh, monster level brain damage, and gain a stink token and then draw an AI card. Get a stink token. Stank token. A stank token. So we we already see the farts in full effect here. Here's a whole deck of different types of farts, Matt. And it's actual farting. I wonder if it's going to give us farting arts from the Frog Dog. No? Everyone knows they're part of the Sunstalker expansion already. Oh, legitimized farting arts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So then moving on to Satan. Even more Satan. Now comes with four models instead of two. So
1: this is the plastic um, Satan that should be in wave three. But um, we're not going to go into details on the sculpts, because that's just sculpts. But it's followed by the Ivory Dragon. So Ivory Dragon is... Big mega
0: fan. The Ivory Dragon is now officially the largest Kingdom Death miniature to date. Its head sits higher than the Dragon King. Here are some photos of the work in progress. Now, Fen, I know you've got a little bit more background on uh, artwork than myself, but isn't there... I think it's like Kronos eating his son... Yep. As a painting, yep. this really it reminds me of that.
1: Yeah, it's it's Kronos devouring his children. It's very much a uh,
0: reference to that piece
1: of work. Yeah, it's uh, got a a lot of classical references. Although the actual model sculpt at the moment, uh, it looks more like it's devouring a phoenix finger. Like
0: maybe he's using it like oh. a toothpick.
1: Yeah, it could be. It could be.
0: He's got to get his son out of his mouth. But it's so big. Yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah, I mean,
1: um, like. In that base, if you look at that uh, on the, the one image with the, the wings and everything, yeah. that is probably a 135-millimeter circle you see in there, yeah. which gives you an idea of how large this thing is. And it could, it could, yeah, I think 4x4 four four is the size it's going to be physically on the board. 5x5 uh, five five is as big as it could be sensibly mechanic-wise. Yeah. If you go to a 6x6, six six, it's unwieldable and doesn't really work because of the size of the showdown board. And and it's no, just
0: a statue in the middle of the board that doesn't move. But those wings are twice again the size of the actual body of the damn thing. It's gigantic. Yep, Yep, it's massive,
1: and then it's got a second creature sat on top of it, which is um, obviously one... There's always a big Stan and a little Stan. Um, I think Stan Stan X is normally the big one, and Stan Y is the the small one. Or Stan and Stan Lee. Because there's a Y in Stan Lee. If people are unsure why Satan gets called Stan, it's a reference to Binding of Isaac, given that... um, Kingdom Death is a rogue like in itself, and uh, Satan at the end of Binding of Isaac is known as Megastan. So, as this guy shares the same face, he's become known as Megastan. Oh. Yeah.
0: So, is it just me, or does uh, it also have
2: face boobs? Yes, it has face boobs.
1: Okay. Yeah, it has those. It has them on the art as well, if you look. And something else a bit more unpleasant a little further down.
0: That. So, it's it's Boobs Suckle You? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's, yep. Okay. I love the face
1: of the small stand, by the way, is so good. So elegant and demonic.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And then of course the really big news that's got everyone excited is the
0: next bit. Starting Survivor Satan, now part of the Irish yes. Satan expansion. So, Satan is one of the oldest organisms in Kingdom Death, capable of dividing itself many times over. Depending on the past on genetic code, these offspring may or may not have any idea that they are part of something bigger. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, cool. survivors with Satan genetics in them, possibly giving them latent powers.
1: Yep, and new models as well. Very cool. They look great. Uh, I was really excited about that. And th- these two models have always been a bit of a fan favourite. I'm glad they're getting a re because the resin ones, I own a pair of the resin ones and they break. Like They break all the time. Ah. So the plastic remakes are great. Uh, and you get the original and the new. And then we get these guys as well. You know, More Satan. More Stan for your Stan.
0: So everyone that loves the Gorn because of its adorable baby face is going to love this one. Yeah. So, getting onto the Honeycomb Weaver expansion, Titan B, Titan B, Titan B. Uh, now, a new Node One Quarry monster included in the expansion, plus one early game monster. So, just make
1: the Honeycomb Weaver like from a must-have to an absolutely like
0: must-have. Titan B is creepy as hell, man. It is, yeah. Is
1: oh, a face of silver.
0: Like oh, it, a, a survivor. Yeah. Two of
1: them. It's got one survivor in each hand. He's got one uh, survivor hanging out of his eyeball. Uh, something like that. Yeah, looks like it. It's got nothing in its eye sockets anyway, so yeah, it's probably like jammed them into its mouth, and they're trying to crawl out its eyes. It might be an impy type thing. Oh. Maybe. Uh,
0: so the artwork for the Titan B turned out really cool, so much so that I've decided to make it a Node One gory Monster, hundred millimeter base. Uh, now the two forms of the Honeycomb Weaver. Will be node- you, you muted yourself. Yep, man. sorry about that. Uh, so now. Uh, the two forms of the Honeycomb Weaver will be Node 3 Legendary Encounter. Uh, Don't worry, the normal-sized Titan Bees 30mm base will still be included.
1: Yep, so there's going to be little Titan Bees, there's going to be this big, giant Titan Bee, there's going to be like, legendary Honeycomb Weavers, which I assume are going to be sort of one-shot encounters with the Honeycomb Weaver. Um,
0: That's going to have some interesting impact on the Abyssal Woods as well. So going into the, real quick, the Titan B armor it looks yep. very much like the predator.
1: It, it does. It does. Um it's if you actually look at the female one you get a bit of more of an idea of where the reference is. It's kind of um like Roman and Greek. Yeah. style. Yeah. But the the male one does have a bit of that predator you know, thing going on from
0: the, uh, the steel wax armor. The I love potbelly I love, duck big duck lip armor.
1: I love the steel wax armor. It's great. I, I, what I really want to see is the Silver City Lion God armor, which looked amazing in the um, in the concept art. But these things have turned out fantastic. Why carry a lantern in your hand when you can hang it from your armor's belly ring? I mean, that's what I've always wondered personally. And I, I love the gender-specific helmets. And, oh yeah, yeah. A oh, great bunch of details. And look, it's got, it's the same as, as the wonderful bat nipples.
2: <laughs> bat nipples. Bat nipple. Although the guy has the bat nipples. As it
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't, couldn't put them on the female one. That would be um,
0: perverse. And then my favorite text of this entire update is the picture of the Titan Bee over and over with, I love this bee.
1: <laughs> it's nice. It's so nice how much how enthusiastic Adam gets about seeing these things brought to life. Especially
0: that well, ass Baby
1: B. <laughs> yeah. So um, then we've got... There's a bit of tooling and everything, but I mean, basically, now going through this, there's the female um, pin-up butcher and everything, but the only other thing worth talking about is something which is the... Um, it's in the video.
2: Yeah, it's the, the last little bit of the video. So yeah, it I'm, is I'm, the, I'm not going to play the video because i going to play the, the music on the it's podcast. the gambler ball, though. But it's shown off the it's, gamble bar, but at the yeah. end...
1: At 42 seconds.
0: Oh, yeah, it gives you the preview of... I forget what it was. kind of looks
1: it, like
2: a
0: white lion. It looks... It, it's very much
1: a white lion, or at least a lion of some kind. It's sat on top of uh, something else. It's, uh... let,
2: me, let me see if I can... Can, can, you, skip ahead to, can you skip ahead to the... Yeah, I, I, gotta, I was muting it, so they don't get all... It,
1: you can rotate it a little bit when you skip back and forth between like about 37 Oh, look at and that right there. 36 to 38. So it looks is, like
0: yeah. a, a roided up lion. Yeah. With a it's, survivor it's, in its mouth. Is that a survivor? I believe I so. Suppose
1: I, should, I suppose I should enlarge it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it could be. It's it's perched on some kind of... Rock? Rock right or... There. Yeah, you see the
0: head of the survivor.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, de- it's definitely a survivor, yeah. Yeah, it's got uh, – the, and the, the, yeah, there's a survivor's leg on the floor as well. So the the question marks is what this actually is, where, where it's going to be in. It uh, feels like most like the most likely place is in the gambler's chest.
0: But yeah, essentially right. it looks like a roided outline. Yeah,
1: but – yeah, I mean, Adam's been known to tease stuff like this a lot though. Did you see the vision owl?
2: Yeah, he, yeah. on Twitter he – yeah, people are like, oh, <laughs> he, "What was that lion?" And he's like, "Oh, vision owl."
1: Yeah, and every, everyone's like, "That's a vision owl." We, <laughs> we're not, we're not like curious about what that is. It's nice to see you doing the sculpt for it, but we know what that is. <laughs> this, on the other hand, yeah, it's um, well, you know, is it a new sculpt for the white line? Because I'd be very happy for the white line to get replacement because I think I earlier called it a bit derpy looking. Yeah, you yeah. did. This, this one is not derpy. Oh, that one, one
0: mean. Yeah, it does. It looks like it's going to be a joy to paint. But uh, that pretty much does it for the Black Friday update. Is there anything else that you wanted to specifically touch on, Fenn?
1: No, no. I mean, it's been nice to go through all this. Um, I think all we can say is it it was a huge update with a ton of stuff. It would have been a bit nicer if Adam had um, been able to eke it out a little bit in maybe two, three releases instead. But Adam's going to Adam, and there was other reasons why he kind of went a bit quiet. But he's, he's gone quiet again. <laughs> he's been so quiet compared to the first Kickstarter.
0: He's he, He's working quietly behind the scenes. Yeah. But... I know a lot of information, as you were saying, almost information overload. Um, definitely information overload. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of stuff that uh, you might not notice on your first read-through yeah. of that. I know I picked up a few things that I didn't see the first time around, so very Hold cool. On.
2: Did we mention that Campaigns of Death is now Wave 3 instead of 4?
1: No, we didn't, but yes. yeah, it's been moved forward, which move is – that's huge. It's going to do a lot to refresh things for people who are still waiting for new expansions. So we're going again- to I
2: mean, basically a refresh for all the expansions and we're going to get advanced KDM at the same time. Nice. Yep. That's going to be nuts. Nuts.
1: Yep. Strain system away.
0: Okay, perfect. So anything else, Josh? That's it. All right. So thank everyone for listening to the great game hunters podcast. We're going to be back with more episodes coming up soon. Uh, Next up, we are slated to finish up talking about the lion knight and uh, we'll, do we have any plans beyond that? Fen?
1: Well, yeah, we're going to carry on through the monsters after
0: after the Where Lion Knight. The monsters I... we haven't done? Oh, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. at this point.
1: Oh, well, we haven't done the Dragon King. We haven't done the um, Slenderman. We haven't done the Dung Beetle Knight or the Sunstalker. We haven't done People of the Stars or People of the Sun.
0: Lion God. Uh, lion God, the yes. Tree.
1: Quite a bit then. Of course, the tree. Yep. Yeah, there's there's plenty left.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Fen, do you want to go ahead and plug your awesome stuff that you've been working on?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I can be caught on, uh, over at Patreon, um, at patreon.com forward slash Fen Paints is one word. Um, I could also be caught on Twitter with the same and on Instagram again, Fen Paints, um, mostly painting models, doing a little bit of custom content, a lot of reviews and talking about what, what kind of combos and things you might not have thought of. And it's sort of an expansion to the stuff we talk about here, but in more detail, because generally when I'm talking, things run away from me
0: and I lose track. Whereas when I'm writing, I can remember to be focused. And then if you want to see Fenn's uh, paints and some of his custom content uh, live, come watch us here at Twist Gaming every Tuesday at 8pm Eastern Time where we do an ongoing interactive campaign of Twitch Plays Kingdom Death. Uh, Again, that's Twist Gaming. You can find us on all social media as Twist Gaming, except for
2: Twitter, which is Gaming underscore Twist. Some guy took Twist Gaming and doesn't use it and twitter won't give it
0: to us yay social media uh but again thank you all for joining us today and we hope to see you all soon this is matt josh and this is Fen. have a good one everyone goodbye
1: bye